the Michael Medved Show. And another great day, another great week, in fact, in this greatest nation on God's green earth. And a great nation that's getting ready for a great all-star game in a uh, great sport, which is uh, glorified right now by the Mariners, the Seattle's own Mariners, winning 14 games in a row. One more, and they tie the all-time record for a winning streak for this franchise which was set in 2001. And lest anyone forget, that 2001 team, the team that played through uh, September 11th of 2001, that team uh, set an all-time American League record that the Yankees are challenging this year of 116 victories. Now, these Mariners won't get 116 victories, but it's one of those things that makes you feel happy about the summer and brings a smile. Now, this is too serious to bring a smile, but there was also a um, an incident in Indiana, a mass shooting where three people died at a shopping mall. It could have been much worse except for a uh, legal gun owner, the proverbial good guy with a gun who took down the shooter. We will get to that story they have just identified uh, the, the gunman apparently as a 20-year-old local who had a juvenile record. What a shock. And meanwhile, we're also coming into deep campaign season. There are significant primaries, one in Maryland going on uh, tomorrow. And people are asking the question about what will it mean if, as widely expected, the Republicans take over the House of Representatives and maybe, just maybe, the Senate. The Senate's going to be much tougher because there's some candidates who are in trouble and uh, the Democrats are raising a phenomenal record-breaking amounts of money. We will get to that. But one of the questions becomes, is it a good idea for Republicans to campaign on the promise that if uh, they win, then right away they're going to impeach President Biden. Uh, that is a uh, increasingly getting public attention. Uh, there's a long piece in CNN about how Republicans are coming forward, and this is not unnamed sources or deep background or the kind of thing that is sometimes used by news media to try to undermine the credibility of the Republican Party? Yes, that happens. Of course that happens. But this is people who are identified by name who are saying impeachment is a good idea. And that's what the country needs. By the way, if you think it's a good idea, uh, just give me a call. The only thing I'll ask you is what would be the grounds for the impeachment? In other words, it has to be more than that uh, Joe Biden is old and, and, and uh, maybe has lost a few steps. Not even maybe. Joe Biden is old and he's lost a few steps. He's 79 years old. And, uh, but you can't say that uh, old age is a high crime or misdemeanor, which is what you're looking for. You're looking for uh, treason or a high crime or misdemeanor. So what is it? What's the basis for impeaching Biden? And part of what people seem to say is, look, Trump was impeached twice. And uh, it was a gigantic waste of time. 
uh, the impeachments were unjustified. There, in fact, were the impeachments had followed uh, the disappointment for Democrats of the Mueller report and the fact that the Russian collusion story never worked out the way that Democrats assumed that it would. And and by the way, I, I think it's a ridiculous idea, both politically and strategically and for the country. It's something that, uh, frankly, I think it's the one thing that could absolutely join together with mishandling of the abortion issue to undermine all of these Republican hopes for victory. Because I, no one's done polling on it yet because it's just too ridiculous. But the American people do not want to begin a new uh, speakership for Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans with another useless waste of time impeachment. Why do I say waste of time? Because whether you want to impeach Biden because of the sins of his son Hunter or whether you want to impeach him because of the crisis at the border, that's what Ted Cruz thinks, or you want to impeach him because of the handling of Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan was a disaster. It was a fiasco. But is it a crime? And the point is, will you win? The reason I opposed both Trump impeachments, and I did, and I said at the time, this is a stupid idea. This is going to end up hurting the Democrats more than it hurts Trump, and it did. And uh, just in the same way, uh, an attempt to impeach Biden will hurt Republicans if they do it more than it will help them and it will hurt Republicans more than it hurts Biden because one darn thing that uh, you you can be sure of is just as was true for Bill Clinton just as was true for Donald Trump twice you can get impeached by the House on a close vote but there's no chance at all to get two-thirds of the Senate it's not possible uh, even if Republicans gain seats in the Senate, what will they have? They'll have like 53 seats. Where are they going to get uh, 14 Democrats who are going to vote for impeaching Biden in midterm? Th there is no chance. There was talk, remember, about impeaching George W. Bush over the Iraq war. And uh, the high crime and misdemeanor was he lied. I remember what they said. This is different from Clinton. Uh, Clinton lied and Hillary cried, but Bush lied and millions died. And that was the claim that he had lied about the uh, WMD. Uh, in fact, he hadn't lied. He had made a mistake. And it was the same mistake that intelligence services all over the world and around the world had made. In any event, uh, if you are a supporter of impeachment, you can give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. There is more. Uh, the, the piece on CNN says the former president has been itching for payback and leaning heavily on his Capitol Hill allies to defend him against a recent slew of damaging revelations about his role in the deadly attack on the U.S. Capitol. Now, as Republicans search for ways to undermine those findings, uh, their party has started to lay the groundwork to investigate the select committee itself. Republicans have already asked the January 6th panel to preserve a broad range of documents in its possession, a signal they're preparing to force those records to be turned over should they uh, wield powerful committee gavels next year, as they probably will. 
And privately, Republican sources say there have been discussions about subpoenaing members of the select committee, particularly Representative Liz Cheney of Wyoming, who's fighting an uphill battle for re-election, and retiring Adam Kinzinger of Illinois if both Republicans are private citizens next year. It's an idea that's garnered support among allies of the former president. Uh, we will get to where it is that Kevin McCarthy is on that. But even more, there are people like Senator Cruz who are speaking out directly, who are saying that uh, in the first year of the new Republican Congress, uh, there are people who intend to wreak revenge. And uh, what the hey, uh, uh, Trump was impeached twice. He beat the rap both times. Biden would surely beat the rap because there is no possible way to get two-thirds of the Senate when the Senate is divided close to 50-50. And uh, the point about that is, what have you achieved then except uh, taken focus away from things that really matter, like the cost of living, your economy, the security of your job, your standard of living, the way to pay the bills, the way you pay for your kid's college, or uh, you name it, something else that actually matters. Uh, what about climate change? We're going to be speaking to Bjorn Lomborg about the record heat wave in Europe. Does this prove that climate change really is a crisis? We'll be getting to that and more on The Medved Show. Now's the time to join the millions of Americans who have changed the quality of their sleep with MyPillow. MyPillow is now offering a BOGO extravaganza on multiple MyPillow products. On the uh, Michael Medved show concerning uh, this situation in uh, Greenwood, Indiana, which is uh, about uh, 60 miles outside of uh, Indianapolis. The uh, gunman who killed the three people at a shopping center, he turned up right before closing time, and he started firing at a food court, in a food court, and with a long rifle, they're not sure what kind of gun yet. This is uh, yesterday evening, Sunday evening, and... Uh, a bystander almost immediately shot him dead. The bystander was a 20-year-old local. Uh, no, actually, the bystander was 22 years old. The, uh, the killer was a 20-year-old local who had a juvenile record, but no criminal history as an adult. Well, <laughs> given the fact that he's only 20 years old, he's right in that... That area, and this is a fascinating case because what it shows is there's nothing inherent about being a 22-year-old with a gun that means that you're a bad guy because it was a 22-year-old with a gun who saved a lot of people. The uh, Good Samaritan who was lawfully carrying a firearm while at the shopping center with his girlfriend stopped the gunman almost as soon as the suspect opened fire on Sunday in the food court of a mall in Greenwood. 
Uh, look, it's incredibly sad because there are three innocent people who are dead, and uh, and a 12-year-old girl who was wounded before the bystander could could do what I think most people would consider to be a heroic act. Uh, saving lives is definitionally heroic. Is it heroic to divide uh, American further? Here is, here is the police chief of Greenwood, Indiana, talking briefly about the Good Samaritan who took down the mass shooter. Uh, this is clip four. As you can imagine, this type of situation uh, is horrible. It's rocked us to our core. Uh, we're still very early in this investigation. Uh, what we do know right now is uh, that we have what appears to be one shooter. Uh, looks to be an adult male. Uh, we have not identified him yet. We do not have a motive yet. It appears that he had a rifle with several uh, uh, magazines of ammunition. Um, entered the food court and began shooting. Uh, we have five victims, uh, four have, dis have been confirmed deceased. We believe at this time investigators are still questioning uh, the individual uh, involved, but it appears that a good uh, Samaritan that was armed uh, observed the shooting in progress and shot the um, shooter. And uh, that's um, actually, uh, as the information comes in, we'll, we'll bring you more. But what this highlights, it seems to me, is the fact that they were similar in age. They are both male, of course. Uh, doesn't it indicate that, that what really needs to be done, I mean, what really needs to be done here is somehow to, if at all possible, make sure that someone like the shooter doesn't get any guns at all and not the, not the kind of gun or one gun or another gun, but is kept away from guns. Uh, somebody who has a juvenile record, we don't know what that juvenile record is. Okay, and, and at the same time, you want to make sure that somebody like the hero of this story who is out with his girlfriend and it's 6 o'clock and they're getting ready to go home from the mall, and he takes the guy down. So, uh, again, the question is not guns per se. It's keeping those guns away from the wrong people. And, yes, that includes all of the people who have been identified as mass shooters. And, and that it turns out that apparently the Parkland shooter, Nicholas Cruz, is going to be eligible for the death penalty. That is a good thing. And... Uh, uh, all of those people who have given signals of their not just mental illness, but that too, their mental illness and their evil. And do I think it is possible that someone can be mentally ill and evil at the same time? Yeah, history is full of such people. And uh, I think you could make a very good case that uh, Adolf Hitler was mentally ill. But uh, he was also a, a terribly evil man. And on a much smaller scale, of course, that's been true. On a much smaller scale, because they didn't have that kind of power, it's been true of uh, the mass shooters as well. Uh, meanwhile, the the piece in Newsweek, uh, and it's a piece by uh, Dara Roche, and he writes, if President Biden's party 
loses control of both chambers, he could end up facing impeachment after several Republicans indicated that GOP majorities would, would move in that direction. Back in January, Republican Senator Ted Cruz said there would be multiple grounds for impeaching Biden, while in April, Republican Representative Ken Buck of Colorado told a virtual meeting that the House Judiciary Committee would hold the hearings to determine whether impeachment is appropriate. We'll vote on impeachment, and then it will be presented to the full House. A University of Massachusetts Amherst poll published in May found that 68% of Republicans and 66% of conservatives wanted Biden to be impeached if Republicans take the House, while 53% of Republicans believed a GOP-led House would impeach him. Now, this is kind of tricky uh, writing here, and I'll tell you why. They're talking about the percentage of Republicans and the percentage of conservatives. According to all polling, uh, the percentage of Republicans in the country is about 30 percent. The percentage of conservatives is about 35 percent. It's not anywhere close to a majority. It's not even close to a, uh, a plurality, frankly. And the idea that, okay, well, you've got this overwhelming desire. For, uh, what it means is that if you ask nationwide, including independents, and including Democrats, even with uh, Biden's failing approval records, you wouldn't find anything like a majority that would favor impeachment. You wouldn't find it like any... Start talking about impeachment when you find me, let's say, five Democratic senators who would entertain voting the president out of office. Otherwise, you go through the sort of thing that we went through with Trump twice. Now, the last impeachment where he did have some Republicans who voted uh, to impeach him in both the Senate, seven in the Senate and ten in the House who voted to impeach him, and then the senators voted, seven senators voted Republicans to remove him from office. But it still wasn't close. It was a majority. So what? So what are you accomplishing? And what are we accomplishing in confronting climate change? Is the uh, ter terrible heat waves in Europe, are they actually a, a reflection that climate change is happening? We'll get to that and more with Bjorn Lomborg coming up on The Medved Show. on uh, some of the headlines recently heat wave in Europe 117 degrees Fahrenheit exclamation point apocalypse in France hundreds of deaths in Spain flames reach beach UK braces for the hottest day ever uh, Royal Air Force halts flights as runway melts uh, meanwhile the northeastern USA enjoying blissfully mild summer as Plains and South Bake. Uh, by the way, here in the Northwest, it's beautiful, and not just because the Mariners are winning. Dr. Bjorn Lomborg researches the smartest ways to do good, and that's in any climate. He is the uh, uh, founder and the head of the think tank 
uh, the Copenhagen Consensus. He has worked with hundreds of the world's top economists and seven Nobel laureates to find and promote uh, the most effective solutions to the world's greatest challenges. Um, okay, Bjorn, your most recent <laughs> column is uh, is brilliant, and it's obviously very much needed. Uh, right now, the um, the headlines and the press is generally blaming this horrible heat wave in Europe as being uh, an evidence and a product of uh, climate change and talking about how it's really climate change that has claimed all these victims, uh, to which you say... Well, Michael, it's great to be back. So first, global warming is a real problem. And as temperatures rise, we are likely to see more heat waves. Uh, but we need to get a sense of proportion. So I, I, I would generally tend to say, yes, as temperatures rise, we will see a higher proportion of heat waves. And that's a problem. However, and this is a big one, we need to have a sense of proportion and we need to know what's going on. So, for instance, in Spain, where a lot of these people uh, have been dying, so several hundred people, as you mentioned, have died from, uh, from heat waves, while temperatures have risen, Spaniards have actually become better and better at tackling heat. So we see ever fewer people dying from ever hotter weather. And indeed, that's what we see across much of the rich world. This is not rocket science. People buy air conditioning. People know what to do. They get good prognoses. They actually make sure fewer and fewer people die. So we, as we should recognize it's a problem with heat waves, and these will be bigger problems because we'll have more heat waves. But we also should recognize that our technology is actually able to make deaths become fewer and rarer, not more and bigger. And at the same time, we forget the other part of this conversation, namely cold deaths. Cold deaths almost everywhere in the world outweigh heat deaths by a very large margin. Globally, it's about nine to one. So we have about half a million heat deaths, but four and a half million cold deaths. This is from Lancet last year. And, and you know, you talk about these hundreds of deaths in Europe, and it may very well become several thousand uh, by the end of this heat wave. But we forget every year in Europe, more than 600,000 people die from cold. And remember, that is where a lot of governments are actually leaving their citizens in a lurch because we make energy so expensive that a lot of people just can't afford to keep themselves and their homes heated. That's one of the main reasons why a lot more people are, and more and more people are actually dying from cold. They claim that here in the U.S., 91% of U.S. households have air conditioning. Um, we, we don't at home, by the way, but 91% uh, of our fellow citizens do. That's according to a report by USA Facts. Uh, and again, other than air conditioning, what are the things that people can do to protect against illness and death from uh, heat? So don't go out in a heat wave in the middle of the day, uh, uh, wear sensible clothing, make sure you have lots of water. Uh, if you're elderly or if you have medical problems, go to a place where there's air conditioning, go to a mall, go to a place where you won't be overheated. These are fairly simple things we, uh, you can do. And, and of course, one of the things 
that we've seen, I don't know if you remember back in 2003, there was a huge uh, heat wave uh, in, in Europe. It killed about 70,000 people across the continent. A lot of these uh, people were elderly French people who were left uh, at home, especially in Paris. Uh, and, and one of the important things was they were not told how to deal with this. And so France have actually seen much higher and much worse heat waves since then, and they've killed only a small fraction of what died in 2003. So you can definitely adapt. That's, of course, as we, you just mentioned, what the U.S. has done, and Europe is sort of belatedly catching up. And But isn't one of the problems that the air conditioning, which is, can be such a life-saving situation right now, that also means using up fossil fuel uh, one way or another because however you drive the air conditioner, it's it, you, basically because we generate most of our electricity from fossil fuel, doesn't uh, air conditioning uh, contribute to heavy consumption? and uh, mm. greenhouse gases and the rest of what uh, supposedly feeds climate change. So part of it does. I mean, there, there is this wonderful uh, coincidence. We see that, for instance, in California, uh, that uh, when you put up lots of solar panels, you mainly have uh, power just around noon or in the early afternoon, which also happens to be when people want to use air conditioners most. So you can actually have a happy uh, coexistence with solar panels that drive your uh, air conditioners. So it need not be what you said that we're going to use uh, more and more fossil fuels. But remember, it's not like when it's cold, we don't use fossil fuel to keep ourselves warm. There's somehow this, this sense, uh, I, I, I find that this is often sort of a puritanical kind of a, a assumption that it's okay to heat. I mean, humanity has been doing that since forever. You know, we, uh, when, whenever we were at cold places, we'd light a fire and that's fine. And we use fossil fuels for that. But somehow it's superfluous to use uh, uh, fossil fuels for cold because that's an unnatural thing. We first discovered that about 100 years ago, how to make cold out of electricity. But it's an amazing discovery. It's what, you know, made... In, in many respects, the uh, uh, first the South and then the Southwest in the U.S., much more habitable and much more productive. It's a great thing, but it also saves lives. Of course, people should have access to it. And as you pointed out, 91% of the U.S. have, have it. Why not? Why would we expect that uh, fewer people in the rest of the world will? Uh, when India only has 4% air conditioning, it's not because they think, oh, we don't need it. It's because they're poor. And, of course, once they get richer, they will also want to have more air conditioning. And this is not the hottest season ever, So at least not in Phoenix. Phoenix, this week they're expecting 113, 114 temperatures. And apparently back in 1990... They had a 122. Uh, have there been hotter seasons than even this one? So this is always very, very hard to uh, 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 discuss sensibly. Uh, so people will look for this one record, uh, one place or another, and say, "See, it's not as warm as back then." I think. I think this. The simple answer is: as temperatures rise across the globe, you are going to see more heat waves. The trick here is to recognize partly that with technology, we'll actually have fewer deaths, not more deaths. And, of course, we should make sure that people 
continue in that way. But that's certainly what we've seen in the U.S. and many other places. The U.S. has seen dramatic decline in heat deaths from the last 100 years, basically because of air conditioning, but also because you build better and you have better technology, you have better forecasting and so on. The real other point is to recognize that there is sort of a, 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 a what do you call it? There, there's this sense in which we just talk about the convenience story for climate change, namely more and more heat waves. But we don't talk about the much more deadly cold waves. And, you know, to me, it certainly seems that if a person dies, it doesn't really matter whether he or she died from cold or heat. I appreciate your perspective always, Bjorn. Uh, Bjorn Lomborg, his most recent book, Indispensable, is called False Alarm. His columns posted at michaelmedved.com. We'll be right back. And on the Michael Medved Show, uh, one of the impacts of the heat waves, and apparently Florida has been uh, tremendously hard hit by some of this excruciating heat. But uh, there are um, a story in the New York Times, uh, headline, Two Alligators Fatally Attack a Woman in Pond. Uh, an 80-year-old woman was killed by two alligators after she fell into a pound near her house in Englewood, Florida, on Friday night. Uh, fatal alligator attacks are rare, they say, in the United States, typically occurring about once a year. But the latest is at least the third in the U.S. since May. The body of a man who had been retrieving Frisbees from a lake, a lake in Largo, Florida, was found on... May 31st, I guess the Gators wanted the the Frisbees for themselves. And in June, a man was killed after being dragged into a retention pond by an alligator in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. In the latest attack, the woman struggled to stay afloat after falling into the town pond at the Boca Royale Golf and Country Club community and was then seized by two alligators the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office said. Uh, The uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission sent a contracted trapper who removed the two gators from the pond and euthanized them, said uh, the commission spokesman, Adam Brown. One alligator was 8 feet 10 inches long. Do you realize how big that is? And the other measured seven feet, seven inches long. Alligators live throughout Florida and survive in fresh brackish and salt water, according to the commission, which estimates that the state has more than one million of the large reptiles. Alligators are more visible and active in the warmer months when their metabolism rises and they search for food, Mr. Brown said. As a Floridian and biologist, you just have to be careful around freshwater habitats, said Michael Heithouse, a marine ecologist and Florida International University biology professor. Alligators play an important role as predators in Florida's ecosystem. Good for them, fine. And biologists are working to rebuild their populations. Well, if they've got a million of them in Florida, I mean, it sounds like they're doing they're doing okay. Uh, Mr. Heidhouse said a possible reason 
that uh, people are seeing more of them is that they're working to rebuild their populations. They're classified as a threatened species, the step before endangered. We have to be more aware and make sure we're finding ways to exist alongside these big predators and find ways to keep us safe and keep them safe. Okay, without taking too much time on this, just a word to the wise. When you start reading about the history of alligator attacks, there have been nine people who have been bitten in addition to the three who have died so far with alligator attacks. And sometimes they'll see somebody near the water, they'll jump out and chase you. There was uh, a jogger, this is a couple of years ago, who was killed because she was running alongside a canal in Florida and the alligator uh, just uh, was was interested in what was passing by. Uh, okay, in, in terms of more Florida news, there is a, um, uh, a, a very big poll today, and it's the second one in five days that shows that polling in Florida, uh, Trump gets creamed. No, not by Biden. Biden does terribly in Florida as he does across the country. He's not a popular president. But uh, Ron DeSantis is a very popular governor. Uh, the numbers, DeSantis, 61%. Trump, 39%. That's if they were running against one another in a Republican primary. Uh, for the second time in five days, says Hot Air, a pollster from Florida, sees DeSantis leading the former guy comfortably in their mutual home state. Now, you can't say that DeSantis has an advantage because he's so much better known in Florida than Trump. Trump's better known than anybody. But uh, last week, Blueprint Polling had the race at 51.39. Today, Victory Insights has it 61.39. If uh, leaners are included in 51.33... If they aren't, uh, these are overwhelming margins. Trump getting blown out in a primary in a state he carried twice where he easily defeated native sons Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush in 2016 feels newsy, says Alapundit. It also suggests that inasmuch as DeSantis trails him in national polls, that may be little more than a name recognition problem. Florida Republicans know him well, and they prefer him decisively to the leader of the party. No contender who challenges Trump in 2024 can hope to match him, Trump, in ID, name ID. But uh, with a big push from conservative donors and righty media, DeSantis should be able to close most of the gap in a national primary. Um, is, uh, is that a factor? Well, look, it's, it's also a factor when you consider what is going on and what is likely to happen this week. Thursday, they are uh, believing, uh, they're, they're planning on having their climactic meeting of the January 6th Select Committee. They're going to be presenting witnesses that we have not heard before and focusing almost entirely on the 187 minutes between the time that uh, uh, rioters first breached the Capitol building, first pushed through police lines and entered the building, 
And when Trump finally, in the late afternoon, after 4 o'clock, released a statement in the video asking people to cease and desist and go home. Uh, This um, uh, is going to be in prime time on Thursday night, so people will be able to see it. And again, it's true that there are a lot of people who aren't interested in this, and there are a lot of people who also have um, uh, strong beliefs that this was not something for which Trump is responsible and that he should not be blamed. They, they just did a poll, and it's, it's actually, I found it very surprising because it's here in the state of Washington, and Trump is not popular in Washington. He did very poorly. He got wiped out in this state, uh, both elections, both running against Hillary and running against Biden. And this is a state that hasn't had a Republican governor since the 1980s. And it's a very, very much a, uh, uh, a state where you would expect that people would have little sympathy for Trump or his handling of January 6th. But what's amazing is they, they did a poll, Washington poll, where they asked, uh, offered a statement. Do you agree or disagree with the statement? that um, it, it says that the government has exaggerated the details of the January 6th riots and uh, as a means of persecuting conservatives. Now, what percentage of people would actually agree with that, either strongly agree or somewhat agree? In this state, in this very liberal state, 42% agreed with that. And that's shocking. (laughs) At least it is to me. It's not what uh, you would have expected. I have another poll, same source, and it's sponsored by the Los Angeles Times and by University of Washington and King 5 TV and uh, the uh, Washington State University as well. They asked a question of, um, do you support or oppose efforts by Washington state leaders to help people in other states get abortions in Washington? And uh, believe it or not, 62% uh, support it. Uh, Only 20% uh, strongly disagree. And uh, if you add people who somewhat disagree, it's only 28%. In other words, there's an overwhelming support, not just for the uh, right to abortion, but to having taxpayers help fund that right for people who are coming in from out of state. We'll get to why that's significant and how Republicans have to tread very carefully in the weeks ahead uh, if they do want to win this upcoming election on that issue of abortion and access. That and more coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth. Hello, everyone. This is Fred Dreyer for Balance7.com. Do you have acid indigestion? You can't eat the foods you